The reading this morning is from Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. This is the word of the Lord. Morning everyone. So we're continuing today our series on Come and Go. And today we're looking at the gospel passage where Jesus said, Come like a child. Simon read Luke's version to us, so please keep that one open if you're following it. But you might also want to put your finger or a bookmark in Matthew 18, okay? Because we're going to be looking at, at that as well. I've been trying to think about a time when, as a child, I was denied access to something. I mean, probably the same as most of us in the room. We weren't allowed fizzy drinks back then. I I was from, you know, a long time ago. We couldn't open Christmas presents before the day and we had to go to bed at a reasonable hour. So probably most of us relate to that. The only thing really that I can uh, remember is wanting to go on a cable car, like a chairlift on holiday. Do, Do you know a cable car? sort of hangs from a, well, from a cable, obviously, quite high up. Do we still have cable cars? Oh, okay, right, I'll stop trying to explain when there's no need then. So, the rule for this particular cable car was you had to be ten if you were going on without an adult, and I was nine. So I queued up with the rest of the crowd, and when it got to my turn, the man asked how old I was. I tried not to blush as I lied and said ten. But then he threw me and asked what year I was born. (laughs) So I knew I had to change my birth date by a year, but I went the wrong way. and (laughs) Not good on the spot. Uh, And I made myself out to be eight. So I was refused entry and had the walk of shame all the way back through the rest of the queue. No, don't be sympathetic. It served me right, didn't it? (laughs) So... We've heard in our passage today that people brought their babies and children to Jesus to bless them, wanting him to lay his hands upon them. And this wasn't unusual at the time, to take children to rabbis to be blessed. The disciples tried to stop them, probably feeling that Jesus had more important things to do. See, back then, children weren't so important. In the ancient Roman world, Children were frequently viewed as not useful until they reached puberty. It was common to subject newborn babies to a practice called exposure, where they were left outside to starve. They might be rescued, and then rescued they might be adopted, or become a slave, or be sold for prostitution at an early age. The Jews didn't practice this, this was the, uh, the Romans. But also, in some languages, including the Greek in which the New Testament was written, the words for child are not masculine or feminine, they're neuter. Not he or she, but it. The word for child in Matthew's version, which we'll look at in a a minute, was it. Although recently it's been translated as the child. 
But Jesus didn't hold with this lack of value for children. In Mark's version of events, so you'd need three fingers here if I'm flipping back and forth, but it's very similar. So if you wanted to, it's chapter 10, verse 14. Jesus was indignant with the disciples for turning children away. And the root word for indignant is a strong term. It could even mean being furious. He called the children to him and said that the kingdom of God belonged to them. He was pointing out that the weakest, most vulnerable, least significant human being that they could think of in their world's eyes was the clearest possible signpost to what the kingdom of God will be like. God's kingdom is not about the survival of the fittest. It's not the strongest, fastest, loudest, angriest people getting to the front ahead of everyone else. The rabbis were known to offer blessings to children. That's why people wanted Jesus to bless them. But these blessings generally would have been in respect to the child's future. Jesus instead gives them a current value and status. They're not promised the kingdom in the future. They're told it belongs to them at that moment. So Jesus' actions here wasn't just a kind of lovely sweet gesture and a kind of sentimental pat on the head for the children. It's a wholehearted welcome into the kingdom as a child, as they are. What Jesus did here was quite radical, turning the world's values on its head again. So, Jesus valued and affirmed the children, welcomed them, blessed them, and said that the kingdom belonged to such as them. He then said we need to receive the kingdom of God like a child. So what does he mean by that? Well, I've worked with children all my life in lots of different settings, and I don't have a romantic or sentimental view of them. Children are fantastic. I love every age group wholeheartedly. But let's be honest, they can also be demanding and annoying, can't they? Like we all can. We've all been a child, and we all know at least one. So, what is it that Jesus meant when he said, we need to come like a child? So I've picked five characteristics for us to think about. There are bound to be lots of others that you can come up with as well. But here are my top five. So my first suggestion would be humble. So we've already seen children back then were humble because of the lowly position they were in. If you've still got Luke open, there's a big clue about this in where Luke places the passage in his gospel. If we have a look at what comes before, Jesus has just told a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee being pious and showing off, the tax collector being humble and seeking mercy. Jesus said that the tax collector would be the one justified by God, which would have been surprising to his listeners. And then he goes on to say about coming to God like a child as we've read. Similarly, if we have a look at Matthew's version, which is chapter 18, hopefully your fingers haven't gone numb by now if you've been keeping your finger in that page. The setting here is the disciples squabbling. It's perhaps clearer in Luke 9:46, where it says, an argument started amongst the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Well, we can just imagine that, can't we? Pick me, pick me, say I'm the best. This wasn't being childlike, this was being childish, and there's a difference. So genuine 
humility is about looking at ourselves and others in the light of who God is, not what we or they have or are. That was a very complicated sentence, so I'm going to say it again. Genuine humility is about looking at ourselves and others in the light of who God is, not what we or they have or are. Pride approaches God on merit and track record, suggesting he owes us a response, like the Pharisee in the parable. Humility is about knowing we're highly valued and loved by God, but approaching him on the basis of his mercy, kindness, and grace. So being humble isn't being a doormat for everyone to walk at or seeing ourselves as less than we are, but it's about valuing ourselves and others in the light of God. So to come to God like a child, we're to come to God humbly. My next in the top five is trusting. Children are trusting by nature, particularly the very young. They put their trust in those who look after them and they believe what they're told. There's a picture coming up of a small child walking next to an adult, arm outstretched to reach their hand, probably doubling their steps to keep up, connection seeking, maybe chatting away, maybe a comfortable silence. When we come to God like a child, we're placing our hand in his, trusting him and believing what he says without complication, knowing that he is trustworthy and won't let us down. My next suggestion is dependent. Children have to depend on their caregiver to survive. They depend on them to protect them and meet their needs. Similarly, we depend on God. The psalmist knew this and wrote in Psalm 62, I depend on God alone. I put my hope in him. He alone protects and saves me. He is my defender. I shall never be defeated. My salvation and honor depend on God. He is my strong protector. He is my shelter. Trust in God at all times, my people. Tell him all your troubles, for he is our refuge. When we come to God like a child, we acknowledge our dependency on him our great need of him to save us, sustain us, guide us, protect us, provide for us, and many other things. My next one is hungry. Anyone who's had children, they're forever hungry, aren't they? Cutting up apples and slicing bread and butter, it never ends. What can we have to eat Wednesday? In 1 Peter 2 verse 2, it says, Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted the Lord is good. So the unrestrained hunger of a healthy baby is a great example of the kind of eager desire for milk, for nourishment. The after-school child that can eat a ton of toast or cake is another example. They're hungry because they need food to grow. When we come to God like a child, we're hungry for him. We're open and receptive towards him, willing to be loved and to love, willing to listen and learn, ready to grow, eager to please him. 
And then my final suggestion, uninhibited. Children often act and speak with less inhibition than adults, often to the embarrassment or amusement of people around them. I think it's embarrassment if they're yours, it's amusement if they're someone else's. They act impulsively and say things as they see it. One of mine, naming no names, took to themselves into their place at a party table when they were little, saw the exciting party food and shouted across the room for all to hear, Mum, look at the food, there's loads of rubbish! <laughs> I was left rephrasing, loads of treat food, yes, how lovely! Children laugh uncontrollably, they cry passionately, they play freely, they refuse obstinately. Another of mine, not naming any names, not even looking over in that direction, would drop to the floor and just refuse, point blank. Game over. No. Yesterday I stopped at a zebra crossing and a young girl crossed over with her mum. The girl was skipping and smiling and twirling. Uninhibited joy. When we come to God like a child, we come uninhibited. We can be real with him. We don't have to filter anything out. He knows us and loves us, and we don't need to pretend with him. So maybe you have other suggestions of childlike qualities that you would like to include. Maybe you have a think and chat about that over coffee, but that's my top five. So if you flip to the Matthew bit, Matthew version, verse five says... Whoever welcomes a child in my name welcomes me. I mean, this is a whole other sermon. Don't get me started, really. And not the main focus for today. But as it's here in the passage, let's just touch on it. We've seen that Jesus valued children highly, even though that was countercultural back then. It's a big privilege and responsibility to welcome children in his name and care for them. They're not little adults marking time until they grow up. They're precious and valuable as they are now. Because of their trusting and vulnerability, they need adults' guidance and protection. I'm delighted here that at Christchurch, we do welcome and include children in what we do. Their insights and perhaps more simple faith adds to this church family and to our lives together. In last week's discussion, when we were chatting at Explore, one of the children, unprompted, explained in a brilliant way that Jesus being our shepherd means he protects us, leads us, and looks after us. And he naturally came out with it all in such a straightforward and unquestioning way. It was refreshing. As a parent, a foster carer, and a member of the youth team here, I hear some of the struggles that our children and young people face in today's world. And it's so important that we, their church family, get to know them, support them, encourage and pray for them and for their families, which you do, so thank you. And a firm foundation in faith can last a lifetime. I'm grateful for mine. I was brought up in faith and it led to me becoming a Christian at 13. And because of that, I'm thankful for being less impacted by a culture that sought to keep me away from God in the teenage years and as an adult. As we heard at the start of this service, we find in God the perfect parent. 
Because of all that Jesus has done for us, God has adopted us as his children. And Galatians 4 tells us that because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. We're no longer distant from him, but we can come to him in confidence and joy, knowing that he delights in us. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We can receive God's kingdom like a child because we are his children, safe and secure in his great love. Amen.